Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. Well, those of us in 48 of the 50 states these days are living in a shelter-at-home world. Unfortunately, not all of us have that option. Our wonderful and very brave healthcare workers are not only working regular shifts, many of them are working overtime to try to take care of the rest of us. Many people working in grocery stores or pharmacies or gas stations or, yes, gun shops, or other designated, quote, essential businesses are still going to work. But when they get home, they're cooped up like everyone else. What to do? Well, for many people, what to do has meant spending a lot of time on the internet lately. Some internet service providers report traffic on the net is up by 40 or even 50%, an amazing statistic as people work from home, interact with family and even next door neighbors using video conferencing, go online to finish out the school year for high school and college students, and binge watch multiple seasons of their favorite TV series. All the more amazing is that the internet, even under this burden of additional traffic, continues to work. That is a real accomplishment, and it's due in large part to the design of the internet created by its original founders and designers, a good number of whom are still with us. This happy state of affairs is available to many people, but unfortunately, in this time of crisis, not to all people. Here in Maine, for example, about one out of five households do not have high-speed internet connectivity to their homes. That is a topic and an important one for another day. But today we note that there is an election coming up on June 9th in which Maine people will vote on a bond issue designed to help increase broadband access to more people in Maine. We'll put some links to more information about that issue on the webpage for today's program at www.weru.org. The other 80% of Mainers who do have access to broadband are using it big time, as are people all over the country. There are, of course, all the usual things going on on the web. People are looking things up, reading the news, watching YouTube and Vimeo and TED Talks and Hulu and Netflix and who knows what all. But now there are new uses of the web to address all of us sheltering at home which help allow us, as current terminology would have it, to be together alone. WERU, for example, is going to have a dance party this Saturday from 6 to 8 p.m. Folks won't actually be in the same physical space, of course, but they can dance in place, wherever they are, knowing that many others are doing the same thing at the same time to the same tunes. Quite a few musicians, comedians, and other artists are offering free online performances since they can't perform in clubs or concert halls now. And a dozen or more online subscription streaming services are providing some free access to their normally paid services during this emergency. HBO, AMC, Acorn TV for British TV fans, and many others are offering free access under various conditions. Definitely worth a look. We'll put some links on the page for today's program that lists some of those free offerings. As mentioned before, schools, colleges, companies, and lots of individuals have begun using online video conferencing services to conduct classes, business meetings, 
or just online get-togethers of family and friends. The online service used by many, many people is called Zoom, and its traffic has skyrocketed. So did its stock price, for a while. Alas, as its founder has now admitted, Zoom was not prepared for the deluge of new users in many ways, not the least of which was security. It seems like almost every other day in recent weeks, there's been another unfortunate and unflattering revelation about Zoom as millions of people flock to it for professional or personal reasons. Headlines have appeared like, and we are not making this up, quote, Zoom is a dumpster fire, end quote. What? Why a headline like that? Well, it turns out that Zoom claimed that anything that went through its service was encrypted end-to-end to provide security for Zoom meeting content. Since many people working from home were business people or government officials and were discussing confidential information, this was a big selling point for Zoom. Except, unfortunately, it wasn't really true. On top of that, not only was the transmission of meeting materials not really encrypted end-to-end, what encryption there was was considered by many security experts to be very, very weak. That was not the only security problem. If someone had a meeting URL, which many people posted for their companies or on social media for their gatherings, anyone could just join and lurk in the background and basically listen in without anyone knowing, especially if the meeting were for a large group since a Zoom meeting could include up to a hundred computers at a time. Perhaps the biggest publicly noted problem, even making its way into the popular press, was what has come to be called Zoom bombing, which is when lowlifes, or people with no life at all of their own, would invade an online class or business meeting or family get-together and taunt meeting members, or inject pornography or otherwise do their best to disrupt people who actually do have lives and business to conduct. That's happened several times here in Maine in recent weeks. To his credit, the CEO of Zoom has said that Zoom was not ready for all this extra usage and has pledged to put all of Zoom's engineers on fixing problems over the next 90 days. And in fairness, There are things that people who initiate meetings in Zoom can do to keep disruption to a minimum. But many folks using Zoom for the first time are probably not aware of those features. We'll put some hints on how to keep Zoom operating as well as possible on the ever-lengthening page for today's program in the Public Affairs Archive at www.weru.org. Zoom is not the only software game in town, of course. People who use Macs or iPhones or iPads can communicate quite securely with other Apple users using Apple's FaceTime software, which is built into those devices and which can handle up to 32 people at a time. Skype has made its service free for the time being, although it's important to recognize that Skype's encryption is controlled centrally by Microsoft. So, if you trust that type of situation, go for it. The overall point is that in this time of distancing to overcome this pandemic, those who are fortunate enough to have access to high-speed internet in their homes have a lot of new options to help make sheltering at home more palatable. 
Kudos to software companies and streaming services and internet service providers who are making that possible. And to the original designers of the internet back in the Cold War days who designed the internet to be able, literally, to function even after a nuclear attack. The COVID-19 virus is a different type of deadly attack, but the foresight of those internet designers is something to celebrate today. We'll do our best to keep on celebrating what's worth celebrating in our digital world, as well as noting what is not, right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage. <laughs>